0: Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week and we hope this episode adds value to your journey. I was meeting with a friend recently and I had a conversation that it's a pretty common conversation in my life. And it went something like this. My friend was talking about their investments, and they had a couple questions for me, just casual questions. And they were sharing about their, their advisor, and and their investments are doing pretty good. And and I, and I asked them about about it, and they said, "Well, yeah, our our person, they do a pretty good job." And in my mind, whenever somebody says their advisor is doing a pretty good job, I have these red flags, these little alarms that go off in my head, because. What does that even mean? How do we know that our person is doing a good job for us? Do we really know that? Is it because your, your investments are going up in value? Does it mean because there's somebody watching them? Is it because they're spread out amongst dozens of funds with all sorts of ticker names that look like some sort of twisted alphabet soup? Is it because they're being managed by somebody that we know and trust? Why do we think that? And that's not a condescending question, by the way. How do we know if our person is doing a good job? And by the way, that's the comment that I hear over and over and over again. My investment person does a pretty good job. They do, they're do good. We're doing okay. But when I ask the next question, how do you know that? What makes you think that? No answer. Most people don't have an answer. And mostly, if, if, if they do... It's usually because the values are going up. They see the values going up, and, and, and in a way that I mean, there's truth in that. So I asked them, "Well, what, what company do you use?" And in my head, I was thinking to myself, "Please don't say X company. Please don't say X company. Please don't say X company. Please do not say X company." In the response, we use X company, and I thought, "Oh no, oh my goodness, it's a company." that so many people use. It's a very prominent company. And and let me clarify something. Nothing this company does is immoral. It's not unethical. It's certainly not illegal. People aren't trying to hurt you. There's no ill intent going on. There's nothing creepy going on. Now, there are companies that I would say are ill-intented. I would say there's companies that are doing very unethical things, very immoral things to their customers for the benefit of the company at the detriment of their customers. This company was not that company. This company falls into what I always refer to as the old way. The way they do things is the way that it's always been done because it used to be the only way that you could do it. And what I b- mean by it, by that is this, it used to be that you needed to have a person they could invest in things on your behalf because there wasn't a practical way to do it. Well, the internet changed that significantly. And the investing platforms that have been created over the last 20 years have only accelerated that. And the, and the index funds that have been created have only accelerated it further. A lot of these companies rely on the old way of doing things because that's how they get paid. Again, nothing wrong with that, by the way. Nothing wrong with that. But what I know about this particular company, because I've worked with a lot of different people that have portfolios with this company, I know a few things. I know, number one, they're probably getting one and a quarter percent fees, somewhere between one and one and a half. That's probably around one and a quarter. And I know the way they construct the portfolios. They construct their portfolios in a way that will force you to have below market returns just by the way they are created. Again, not unethical. It's the, it's the traditional way of building portfolios. And I also know they're probably invested in specific funds that aren't great, that probably have fees built into them from pretty good fees. And by good, I mean high. So here's the example that I shared with this person. Let's just say between the manager fees and the way the portfolio is is constructed and the funds in the portfolio, you're probably going to perform 2% less than the market. At least 2%, but let's just call it 2% for round numbers. Let's just pretend the market will gain you 9% over a long period of time. It could be less, might be more. Historically, 156 years, it's been a little over 9%. So let's just say 9% we can use something lower if you wanted to. But this person, I just use an illustration. This person I'm talking to, 42 years old. I made up a starting balance of $500,000. They've been doing this for 20 years. Let's just say they have a half million dollars invested. And let's say they invest $25,000 a year from here on out. That number doesn't increase. They have a half million today, $25,000 a year from the age 42 to 65 pretty simple equation. If the market is getting you nine and we're saying that you're going to lose two because of fees, portfolio construction, and, and what funds you're invested in in your portfolio, you're going to get seven. So this particular person in this example, they'll get 7%. That would result in about $3.7 million by age 65. That's pretty good. That feels pretty good. So if somebody were to ask me, how is it, that would feel pretty good. I would say my person's doing a pretty good job. But what's the alternative? What if people just invested in the market cheaply, broadly, consistently with patients? The same assumptions, a half million starting, $25,000 a year, exact same contributions, Invested just in the market in its simplest form. No other adjustment. You end up with $5.4 million. 5.4 versus 3.7. That's a $1.7 million difference. The difference between pretty good and what it could be is 1.7 million. Holy cow. I don't know the definition of pretty good, but I do know it's better than $1.7 million worse than it could have been. But this isn't my friend's fault. And in all these times I have this conversation with people, it's not their fault. It doesn't mean they're dumb. These are some really bright people. In fact, my friend that I was meeting with, she is brilliant in her own right. She's brilliant. I deeply admire and respect her. But they don't teach us this stuff in school. They don't teach us the principles. They don't teach us the how. And they certainly don't teach us that when times change, there's better ways to do things. But there is good news here. The good news is the better option is accessible to all of us. Each of us have the ability for better. And here's the better news. It's not hard. It's actually quite simple. To invest in these really good options, it only takes a few minutes. It's easy to make a switch to invest in, in better options. And I'm not expecting people to be experts. I just wanna challenge you that there is a better way and start to look into this. You can reach out to us, I'd be happy to share, but I just want you to know there is better than what you, what you probably have. And maybe we'll do a follow-up episode talking about some more specifics. But the point of this episode is this. We don't know what we don't know. We have to have a comparison point. We have to know what the alternative could look like. And in many cases, when it comes to money, whether it's investing or debt or budgeting or whatever, whatever it is, we don't know what we don't know. And when we ask these questions, When we start poking around, that's when we can get to the better answer. And I'm on a mission to help people. If I can help people unlock $1.7 million, that's amazing. And by the way, that person is 42. Just wait till you see the math of somebody in their 30s or in their 20s or, heaven forbid, in their teens. Holy cow. It's nuts. There are better ways out there. All we have to do is go grab them and we can make this very simple. And as I shared with my friend, I said, this doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to commit a bunch of time. You don't have to keep an eye on it. You don't have to watch it constantly and make tweaks. Me personally, in my personal life, I spend no more than five or 10 minutes a year on my investments, five or 10 minutes per year. It's very, very simple. But when you do it the right way, you have to know that it can be a rough road. You have to know the stock market's a mess, that it's rocky. But we've talked about over and over and over again, the big picture, the wide angle. You have to have patience and discipline, and you have to just be able to see the big vision. Don't let fear overcome us. We just stick with the plan. And I don't know what my friend's going to do. I don't know if my friend is going to make a shift in her life. She certainly can. I would love to help her with that. But she might also value that relationship too. And that's a choice that, that they'll have to make. But it's also a choice we each get to make. We all have that choice. And it's okay either way, by the way. By the way, it's okay either way. It's not about the money. It's not about obsessing about outcomes. It's about doing something that you feel good about, that you feel confident about, that you can sleep at night. You have to sleep at night. If you're not sleeping at night, we're doing something wrong. In the world of meaning over money, if you're losing sleep at night over money, we're doing it wrong. And so however you decide to handle it, I hope you sleep at night. I hope you feel good. I hope you make progress. I hope you get to where you're trying to go. You deserve that. I sincerely believe that you deserve that. And so if you want to reach out to us and give us feedback about this episode, if you have questions, we're an open book. You can email us. You can find us on social media. Reach out to us. Let us know. I would love to help you. Take care, guys.